0: From Red Bank Missionary Baptist Church and Touchpoint Ministries, this is the Gary Talks About God podcast. So what I want us to do this morning is go to Ephesians chapter 5, and I want us to think of the year as a a blank slate, uh, which we always do, right? You turned your calendar, it's a new calendar. Uh, I put up my new Star Wars calendar yesterday, thank you Carol, for my Keeping us in, in in Star Wars, and uh, she got me one a little bit different this year. Before she got me some that were kind of uh, cartoonish, but this year she got us with like iconic shots from the movies. So all of January we get to eat with Harrison Ford watching over us, you know. Uh, so next year, next month we get to see Mark Hamill watch over us. But anyway, new calendar, nothing on it, nothing written. So how how, how do we as believers respond to a new year what are some new what are some ways that we can as the psalm said be that that blessed person and so this morning as we go to ephesians Uh, chapter 5, we're coming to the part of Ephesians where Paul has has moved from the doctrinal to the practical. As you follow Paul's letters, they usually follow a pretty standard format. Hey, I greet you. Uh, I'm glad you're here. Hey, let's talk about some of the theological issues you're struggling with. And then he gets to the point, says, all right, now here's some practical applications, some things you need to do. In the faith. And so I know we're skipping the first four chapters and we're coming in there at the end where it talks about practical applications. And that's what we're going to do. How we can practically live out our faith in five commitments this morning to do so. So verse 15 down to verse 21. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So in those Seven verses this morning. I want us to focus on five commitments that I want to encourage you uh, to make in the new year. And and these five commitments are in addition to the two that I put on Facebook. The two on Facebook was be in church on Sunday morning, be in person to worship, and for a a, uh, set-aside Bible study time every day. So if you want to, those will be one and two, and we'll pick up with three. But since I started with one, let's go with one. Number one, walk wisely. Walk wisely. All right, that's what Psalm 1 says, right? It it talks to us about how the blessed man walks, how he walks, right? He says he's blessed, he's wise, and then it says what he doesn't do. And the first thing he says is he doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked. And then we come here to, to Ephesians 5, and it says, Be careful how you walk. Pay attention to your actions. Now, some translations translate instead of look carefully, they, they translate that word carefully as circumspectly. Now, I like that better because when I hear circumspect and I hear that beginning, it takes me to math. And I like math and I think in visual images and you have something that starts with, with circum, you know, you're talking about a circle. You're talking about the circumference. You're talking about the, the outside of the circle. And it's when you think about that, it says, all right, you're walking around something. And Paul's admonition to us is, as you walk, pay attention because sometimes you're going to have to walk around some things. You're going to have to pay attention and, and, and navigate the landmine that is, that is set before us so that you don't step in what? What is it that we want to avoid? Why do we want to walk wisely? Well, again, Psalm 1 we want to walk wisely because we don't, we don't want to walk with the wicked. We want to be able to see the wickedness, and we want to walk around it. Sometimes we, we see wickedness coming, and we need to be able to say, all right, I see it, it, it's coming to me, and it's walking straight for me, but I'm going to go off on this path, and I'm going to walk around the wickedness. I'm not going to engage in it. It just it comes across your path. This isn't you're going out and looking for it. You know, this, this isn't intentional where you're going, ooh, there's wickedness over here I want to go engage in. This is you're living your life, and it comes into your, your view, field of view. And you've got to be able to recognize and see it and walk uh, circumspectly enough so that you know, hey, God doesn't want me to be involved in this. I'm going I'm to walk around it. You've got to be able to walk around sin. Says, don't, don't get involved in sinners, Psalm 1. Don't, don't stand with the sinners. Don't sit with the scoffers, those who make fun of God's law. We have to be able to recognize this and walk around it. And when we do that, that is walking wisely. Because we recognize what God has instructed us to do. We see it and then we avoid it, right? Proverbs 1 Says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We recognize the Lord, we, we fear him, we stand in awe of him, and we don't want to do anything to bring his discipline on us, we don't want to do anything to bring his judgment on us. And so one of the ways we do that is, is, is to walk wisely. We commit to walking under the wisdom of God. And as we do that, we're going to bring honor to him and we're going to look at the and also we're going to avoid traps. Right? I mean. There are so many times I think we step in snares. We know the snare is there, and we put our foot in there anyway just to see if we can get it out before the snare closes. And we always lose. So we don't want to step in that snare. And as we think about walking wisely, I want us to to remember two things, right? The first is James 1.5. You all know what James 1.5 says? It says, if we lack wisdom, all we have to do is ask. That's a promise. If any of you lacks wisdom, come to me, ask, and I will give it to you freely. No conditions attached. You don't have to feel embarrassed. You don't have to think, well, I wonder this time if I go to God and say, God, I'm I'm struggling. And and yeah, maybe you ought to already know, but in this instance, you're struggling. You're going, God, I need wisdom. God says, ask me. I'm going to give it to you freely. He's not going to chastise you. He's not going to chide you. He's not going to to do any of that. He's going to freely give you His wisdom so that you can walk wisely because it honors Him and it helps you avoid traps. But then secondly, remember that Christ is the source of all wisdom. Colossians 2.3 says, "...in Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge." It's all right there. He is the embodiment of knowledge. And so you come and and you ask for wisdom from God and and pray, and, and God's going to give it to you at the same time. Go to your Bible. Open up your Bibles. Look through it, because the answer that you may need may have already been given to you by Christ and His commands and what He has told you to do and how you are to obey and how you are to walk. The wisdom may already be there. So go to His Word And look. And also, let me just, this is kind of a side note. I think sometimes as believers, it would help if we just, we slowed down a little bit, right? I mean, we live in a now world, right? I mean, just, we we, we, we want it now. Honest to goodness, I don't know how Thomasville has survived given our um, drive-through lines the past couple years. Right. I mean, I, I don't know around here, but you go through Thomasville now and I don't I, I think most several of the restaurants, I don't think they have the inside dining open still. So, you know, you go to McDonald's and I mean, they're out in the middle of the road and you're driving down Bojangles is in the middle of the road. Everybody's you know, but before then, it was just if you didn't get in and out of that McDonald's drive through in like 35 seconds, you were you were mad. Right. Your computer doesn't respond in three nanoseconds. What do you do? You know, because hitting the mouse button 17 times is always works. Right. Works for me. We're we're, we're just we've become such an impatient society. Everything is faster, quicker, 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 quicker to the point going. My brain can't even my, my brain can't comprehend quicker. Right? And, and I think for believers, sometimes we lose the ability to walk wisely because we stop walking and we run, and we're not paying attention. Sometimes, you know, we just, we just, we just need to, to slow down. It's easier to listen, I believe, to God as He speaks to us through His word and the Holy Spirit, when we're maybe moving a little bit slower right you you go back to psalm 46 what does it say run faster and know that I'm god it says what be still and know that I'm god sometimes just if we slow down <laughs> i think we can walk a little bit more wisely so first commitment commit to walk wisely this year secondly commit to redeem the time commit to redeem the time Verse 16 says, making best use of the time. And as we look at this, let's, let's work from the back, let's let's look backwards through that verse. It says, the days are evil. The days, this, this, this present age that we are in is evil. Now, if you go to Titus 212, he makes another statement similar to this says, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Again, telling us that this present age is an evil age. It it, it just is. You go to Ephesians 2.2, it connects the course of the world, this present age, with the prince of the power of the air. Again, saying it is evil. Galatians 1.4 says, The present evil age. Now, here's here's the thing we need to remember. Paul wrote this, you know, almost 2,000 years ago. Things haven't changed. (laughs) Paul was looking around at his time as he was writing to the Ephesians and the Galatians and and the Timothy and going, Hey, as you look around, guys, look at the evil that is in the age. And if you go back and you compare the behaviors then with the behaviors now, we end up back with Ecclesiastes, right? There is nothing new under the sun. We may be more efficient in our evil today, but we're still, the, the present time is still evil. And we need to start here because I think the, what we're told to do, in my opinion, runs counterintuitive to what you would do if you were in the face of evil, right? Right? If you're in the face of evil, what is most of us going to do? I'm going to turn around and run the other way. Right? You, you see something happening that you would just is like, I, I don't want anything to do with that. I'm going, I'm going over here. Interestingly, though, for believers, the command for us is in this present evil age is not to disassociate from the world, right? I, I mean, I, I think most of us for the past two years if we could live on a desert, not a deserted, but just a, a tropical island, just to ourselves, and, and whether you like Jeff Bezos and Amazon or not, just have him drone drop stuff to you on your little island, most of us would be really, really happy. Right? It's like, I've, I've, anybody other than me had enough of society? I mean, may, may, maybe it's just me. <laughs> right? But you, you just kind of look around and you're like, all right, God, I, I've... um had enough. When are you coming back? We go back to Revelation. We pray with John, come Lord Jesus. But that's not what we're supposed to do. That's not what we are supposed to do. You go back and you look at the history of the church and, and you look at the monks and the monastic movement and what they were doing is contrary to what they were supposed to do. Yes, they went and, and, and they focused on God and they focused on prayer and they focused on Scripture. And because of, of monks and because of them, we have the translations of the Bible that we have to do. And, and they did a lot of wonderful things for Christianity. But they weren't supposed to disassociate from society. They weren't supposed to have nothing to do with unbelievers. Instead, according to what God's Word says here, that we were supposed to then redeem the time. We're supposed to engage in the world, even though it is a present evil age. And when we look at that, there there are two very important words that that stand out. And and, and the first one is where it says that we're called to redeem the time. Word time. Now, for us, time has one meaning, right? It, it, it's what time is. It time and day. You, you know, that that's what we think of. As as Paul is writing right here, the idea that he's expressing is the moment of time that we live in that provides the opportunity. It, it, it's it's more of an opt, uh, opportunistic idea that he is conveying instead of just the, the moment, the particular time that you're living in. You're living in a time where you, you have opportunity to impact the present evil age for the kingdom of God. I mean, have you ever thought about that? God, and, and I, think we, I think we know it, but we just don't think about it sometimes. God brought you into existence on whatever your birthday is, on that specific day, at that specific year, in this specific country or community or wherever you are. right? There's no reason God couldn't have caused you to have been born hundreds of years ago in Asia or, or a thousand years ago in Europe. But He put you here where you are now so that you will use and redeem the time, you will use the opportunity that you have now to advance the kingdom of God. I can't, I can't answer why He didn't put you somewhere else. None of us can. So we don't need to focus on that. We need to focus on, He's put me here now with the opportunities. And I need to take advantage of that. And He tells us specifically to take advantage of the opportunities using the word redeem, using the word redeem. Now, it's a very specific word. The word redeem means to buy back, right? We do not live in a redemption state. Uh, I remember uh, when I was a kid that uh, my grandparents always, they were always a Coke family. They weren't a Pepsi family. They were a Coke family. And you could buy... Uh, the, the six packs of Coke. I, I, don't, I don't know if it was a liter bottle. I don't, I don't know how big the glass bottle was, but it was, it was a six pack with a little, it was made out of paper and it had big Cokes in it. Not, it wasn't individual, it was big. It was, it was family size. And so we'd get home every Friday night. We had a routine. Friday night, I, my mom took me to my grandparents. My, my, my grandmother came home. We got in the car. We went to what was Western Sizzling at the time. And uh, you had to raise your hand for the food. And then we went to the big store. You know, if I was lucky, I got to catch the end of the Incredible Hulk on Friday night. But we always would buy Coke. And I would always remember, we'd get home, we'd unload the groceries. And as he was unloading the groceries, what we'd do is we'd, put the, we'd replace the full Coke bottles with the empty Coke bottles. Because the next time we'd go, we'd take the empty Coke bottles, and we'd take them up to the service desk. And they had this big bin that you would go over there, put them and they'd give you a few cents for bringing the Coke bottles back. The store was redeeming the bottles. They were buying the bottles back from you. You didn't have to take them. You could leave them. You could throw them in the trash. You'd do whatever. You didn't have to take them back. But if you did, the store would redeem them from you and give you some money. That, that is what redemption is. Somebody is buying something back. And as believers, we are called to redeem the present evil age. We are called to buy it back from the darkness that it is plunging into. Now, how, how do we do that? Well, we shine the light of Jesus into it. Now, Jesus and the Holy Spirit are ultimately are the ones that are redeemed the people out of spiritual darkness and transfer them to the kingdom of light. But our job is to redeem the time by working for the kingdom, by shining light into the darkness. Right? We're called to be the light of the world shining the light of Christ into the world. We're called to be the salt of the world, preserving it, the, the morals, the morality of, of God to the world. That's how we redeem the time. That's, that's what believers, what we're called to do. That, that's our mandate. Right? How's, the, how's the, the verse start? says, making the best use. It, it's a command to do it. So we need to commit this morning to redeem the time. Redeem the time that God has given us as we take the gospel forward into the present evil age. Number three, we do God's will. We do God's will. Verse 17 says, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. What the will of the Lord. We need to commit this morning that we're going to do God's will for us. And as we think on God's will, we need to think of it in two terms, general will and particular will. Okay. General will is, is very simple. General will, his general will is what is revealed to us in Scripture. Right. You can go and, and read First Thessalonians four three. This is the will of God. Your sanctification Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God. That is is God's general will given to all believers for us to be sanctified, for us to avoid immorality, for us us to give thanks. It applies equally to me as it does to you. As to the believers meeting down the road, to the believers meeting across the world, wherever believers are meeting for all times, that is God's general will for His people. But then, there are also particular will. It's a a, a particular will where God works in our lives and calls us to do something particular. Okay? He, He has called me to be a pastor. That is God's particular will for my life. And I can't look at you and say, God's called you to be a pastor because... that may not be his particular will for you. And so we have these areas where God is going to speak to each of us and lead us and guide us and say, this is what I want you to do. And so we have to navigate these two. We have to live under his general will, doing the do's and the don'ts of Scripture that he has already told us to do. right? And Scripture, again, I know we don't like to be known as people who don't do something, but there are some don'ts in Scripture that we need to not do. There are some dues in the Scripture that we need to do. And so we live under His general will, obeying His Word. And again, the only way that we can obey His Word and obey His general will is to know His Word. That's why when I put that Facebook post on there about commitments for the year, I put it out there for you and said, Here, if you need a Bible study plan, if you need a Bible reading plan, and I gave you a website and it had a bunch of reading plans, I mean... One of them was you read the entire Bible through like five times in a year. I'm like, I think that's a little much, but God bless whoever can do that. You you know, but it was like, hey, here's the New Testament. Here's the Old Testament. Here it is chronologically. Here it is divided in this way and said, hey, if you're like me, I just I like plans. I need a plan. I need this step. Next step. Here's some plans. And then I answered the question because I know a lot of people have. Hey, but I just I don't I read Leviticus. I, I, I read Numbers, and yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what in the world to make of this. So I, I put on Facebook a very simple uh, a Bible study tool you can use called the sword method. And it basically has you, as you read Scripture, going, all right, what does this say about God? What does this say about man? Is there a promise here uh, for me to cling to? Is, is, is there a sin for me to avoid? And it helps you understand Scripture in the context in which it is written. And as you do that, one of the things that you learn is you understand God's general will for you. You understand the do's and the don'ts. So when something happens, you don't have to think. Right? One of the, the, the ways to help us to walk wisely is to know what to avoid or what not to do before it happens. Because in the moment, if it happens and we don't know, generally we, we don't have a very good average. But then the flip side of that is as you read the Bible, you've got to be praying and you've got to be uh, allowing the Holy Spirit, and we we'll gonna get to this in a, little, uh, in a minute, to, to lead you and, and to guide you and show you where he wants you to go. Show you what he wants you to do. And then the answer is, is yes. Commit now that whatever God's particular will for you is this year, that you're just, you're just going to do it. right. Don't be a Moses. Right. Y'all remember Moses, right? God shows up in the bush that, that that's on fire, but doesn't burn. And God in that moment had a particular will for Moses. Right. He didn't call Aaron. He didn't call somebody else that we don't know. He called Moses. He said, Moses, this is my particular will for you. And then there's like a three chapter debate with God for Moses. So eventually God says, look, you're still going, but Aaron's now going to speak. Don't... don't. Be other parts of Moses. Don't be that part. (laughs) Just commit. When God says, this is my particular will for you this year, you do it. Number four, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 18 says, addressing one another in Psalms... Excuse me. uh, Else, if I put my glasses on because 18 and 19 look the same. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Now that's an interesting contrast, isn't it? Anybody think that's a really unique contrast? On the one hand, there's drunkenness, and on the other hand, there's the Holy Spirit. It it seems like there's a huge gulf right there, (laughs) right? So what is is the point? The point is this. Who are you going to be controlled by? The reason that he says, do not get drunk, is because at that point, now the drunkenness, the alcohol, is what is controlling you. He's saying, don't let alcohol, don't let other outside uh, items, uh, outside, and, and you can fill in the blank. And while this one is specifically alcohol, you can fill in the blank with anything else, work or recreation or, or pleasure. Don't let anything else over here control you and lead you. Instead, be led by the Holy Spirit. Because here's the truth. Something, someone or something is going to lead us, right? We're going to allow something to lead us. We're going to follow something. It, it may be our own desires. It may be our own passions. It may be our own lust. It may be somebody over here who's got the latest, greatest next thing. We're going to allow ourselves to be influenced and to follow somebody's teaching. God says, we understand that you're going to do that. The proper channel is for it to be the Holy Spirit, to allow Him to lead your life, to be continually influenced and guided by the Holy Spirit, because that is His job. That is the role of the Holy Spirit. John fourteen twenty six, Jesus is saying the Holy Spirit will come and he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Jesus is saying, I'm going away. The disciples are panicking, but, but, but how will we know what to do? And he says to the disciples and then to us, the believers following the disciples, but I want to send the Holy Spirit who's going to live inside you, and He's going to lead you and guide you. And as a believer, our role is to yield to His leading, yield to His guidance, submitting to Him as He does His job, as He he brings illumination to our lives about what God's Word has said to us where He convicts us of our sins, where He leads us into into righteousness, where He gives us the power to do what God has called us to do. We're supposed to yield and submit ourselves to Him instead of fighting against Him. Right? Y'all ever fight against the Holy Spirit? I mean, I know y'all are more godly than me and y'all don't have nearly the issues that I have. But there's been more than one time where I thought, you don't really want me to do that, do you? Are you sure? I don't think that's right. Let's go to the Word. Let's, let's go back to the Bible, Holy Spirit, because I'm sure I know it better than you do. All right? yeah, I mean, I know none of y'all have ever considered being disobedient. And so we come here and, and we're told, don't, don't, don't do that. Don't, don't fight against the Holy Spirit. But instead, submit yourself to him as he works in your life to bring you in conformity to look more like Christ. So we just need to commit now. Hey, we're going to not fight against the Holy Spirit. We're going, he's going to lead us and guide us and we're going to follow wherever he leads and wherever he goes. And then finally, I want to end with verse 19 where it says, giving thanks always and for everything. So be thankful. And this year, we need to be a thankful people. We, we, we're, we're not called to be a discontent, frustrated, unthankful people. Although, sadly, I know some Christians that that would be an accurate description, right? I, I mean, again, I, I don't mean to beat up on, on fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. However, we all know that one believer is like, man, if that's what it means to be a believer, I don't want anything to do with it. Just always grumbling, always discontent, always frustrated, and again, hey, y'all don't have that issue. Sometimes I get frustrated and grumble as well. But what are we called to do? We're called to be a thankful people. Philippians 4, 6, right? We, we love that verse. Do not be anxious in anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to go. With thanksgiving, everything that we do, we do with thanksgiving. Everything that comes into our lives, we give God thanks for. And if we live that life, then we're going to look remarkably different from the world today that is discontent. All right? I mean, Madison Avenue, I don't know if they're still the seat of all advertising in America or not. I I have no idea. But why does Madison Avenue make so much money? Because they prey on the discontentment of the American people. That's, That's all the ads are. Right? That, hey, you're... You're, you're, you're going to be discontent if you don't have this. You really, you really, really, really need it. This is going to make your life so much easier. Right? Why? Why? Because I'm discontent. I don't have it. And you're like, I didn't know that. I'd, I didn't know I wasn't happy. But I've seen this now and now I know I'm not happy. I need it. Right? How many things do we have because we didn't know that we needed it until they told us we needed it. And it's like, oh, I need that. We need to be a thankful people. And we need to do this, and and this is going to be hard. We need to do it regardless of what happens in 2022. We pray for God's blessings on us. Who who wants to have a nice, restful, peaceful 2022 where everything goes well? and, 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 you know, as you walk outside, the sun shines on you, the bluebirds sing. Right? Every, we all want that. Now, we know the reality, right? There's going to be some valleys. There's going to be some rocks. There's going to be some things that we didn't see coming. And so the question is, not how we respond when the birds are singing and the sun is shining, because that's easy to give things. But in those difficult times, when an unexpected Fill in the blank. Illness, loss, job situation, family problem, whatever it is. Are we still going to be thankful to God? Are we going to allow that difficulty to then distort our view of God who is a good God? Are we going to allow that one item to color everything else that God is doing for us? Or are we just going to be able to say, God, thank you. Thank you for who you are. See, those two words are so powerful to be able to look at not only God, but to those around you and say, thank you, God. You know, there's so much that we can give God thanks for. Give God thanks for for all the times that he has just watched over you and you've never noticed. Give God thanks for what he is doing in your life and the life of others at Red Bank. Give God thanks for the Holy Spirit who is who is leading you. Give God thanks for your family for your family at Red Bank. Give God thanks that we live in a time that we do where medicines are available, where treatments can, can, can help us. Thank God for all the answered prayers that He has answered. We just we need to be a thankful people. Take the word of James 1, 2 through 3 seriously. All right, count it all joy, my brothers. Here's the next part. When you meet Trials of various kinds. Count it all joy. When you meet a trial, count it as joy because the end result of that is the testing of your faith and it's going to produce steadfastness. The end of that trial is going to be you going to God and saying, God, thank you for that. Thank you that you tested my faith. Thank you that I've come out on the other end with a stronger faith than you. Commit now to be a thankful people. In 2022, Those five commitments, all right, just five commitments, walk wisely, redeem the time, do God's will, be filled with the Holy Spirit, and be thankful for all things, are not earth-shattering new information, new insights from God's Word this morning. I understand that. But sometimes what we need is not something new and shiny, but what we need is to be reminded of what we already know. We need to shore up the foundation to make sure it is secure. And this morning, as we go on to Ephesians 5, and we looked at those five commitments, it is for us to shore up our foundation now so that it is strong. So we make those commitments now so that whatever happens the rest of 2022 our foundation will not be shaking because we have steadfastly resolved to be the believer that God has called us to be. The Gary Talks About God podcast is a production of Touchpoint Ministries and Red Bank Missionary Baptist Church in Germantown, North Carolina. Want to learn more? Visit our website at www.redbankmbc.com. If you enjoyed this content, please like and subscribe. Thank you for joining us.